Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Hope you had a good New Year at your home and with your family, and uh, we had a great time. Unfortunately, we had to say goodbye to our son on Friday. He went back to California to school, so uh, we're a little bit sad, but, uh, but we're very happy for him. But uh, so good to greet you this it is, um It is the first Sunday in the new year, and uh, it's great to be in church. And if you would, just for a moment, I have a special prayer uh, for the new year, and I'd like to pray that right now. So if you would uh, bow your heads and join me in prayer as we begin this new year together. Another year has turned its page, O Lord. We feel promises about to be fulfilled, hopes that may be realized, and sorrows unknown that may become ours to bear. But all of this, Lord, we carry into a new year. We declare at the doorway into this year that our trust is not in any man or woman to fulfill us, nor is our trust in circumstances or a belief that the days ahead will be easy. We do not expect in this new year for our every prayer to be answered in a way we would like. Lord, you are in control. And we release our lives to you. We put our trust in this, that you, who have been with us through this past year, Emmanuel, will be with us in this new year as well. It is in you, Emmanuel, we trust. If you go ahead of us, we will go. If you go behind us, we will go. If you will lead us in a cloud by day, and if you will light the night and its shadows with your fire, we will faithfully follow. This is our prayer. In all things that happen this year, we ask that we would be aware of your presence, O Lord. In this walk that will always be by faith and not by sight, let us perceive your nearness. We will stumble and fall. We will also succeed and triumph. We will laugh and we will also weep. But in those moments in which we cannot sense you near, Let us see with the eyes of faith the marks of your presence all around us, beneath us, carrying us boldly into your future. And so, Lord, with you we walk with confidence and trust into this new year. And in your name we pray, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Well, Happy New Year once again. How many of you may have made your New Year's resolutions? One, very good, two, great, three. Why is it so difficult to keep our resolutions? Why is it so hard to change? It seems that we're so resistant to change in our lives. And we try to figure out why. You see, books are written about it. Uh, Studies are dedicated to it. Some people even make money teaching others how to do it, from self-help gurus to business consultants. But change, change is hard. And it's so easy to get into a rut. It's so easy to get into into a routine. And it's hard to break out of it. But change is necessary. You see, at its core, growth. And we all want to grow, don't we? Growth is change. And when you grow, you you get rid of, you, you shed something old, whether it's a habit or a lifestyle, so you can put on something new. You see, you can't grow and not change. It's impossible. 
And so here at the beginning of this new year, we're going to think about change. It's a new year, a chance to start over, a clean slate, a fresh start. And given our, our culture's tradition, I think it's an excellent time to think about where we need to grow and what we need to resolve to change for the better in the new year. But the problem with New Year's resolutions is that we don't keep them, right? Or we have a hard time keeping them. And that's why so many of us have, have given up on making resolutions. Honestly, I already asked this before, but honestly, how many of you here this morning have actually made New Year's resolutions this year? Don't be afraid to show your hands. Okay. A handful of you, right? You see, um, not very many of us have done that, for whatever reason. Maybe some of the things I've already said. But we've been jaded by our own human nature. You see, we know ourselves. We know ourselves, and sometimes too well. We know that we like our habits. We like being in our comfort zone. We're used to it. And we don't like to change. How many of you at home have your favorite chair or recliner? And you like to sit in it all the time. And probably some of those chairs or recliners are probably old and torn and ripped and stinky and smelly. But you love it, right? Because it's so comfortable. You don't want to change it. You don't want to get a new one. I have a pair of shoes. It must be about five or six or seven years old. And I use it when we work out. There's no tread left on the bottom. There's holes on the top of it. But I wear it every time I work out. I have lots of brand shoes, workout shoes. But I like the old one because it's so comfortable. But you see, we don't want to change. We, wanna, we want things that are comfortable. And we've never been good at change in the however many years we've been on this earth. So what's going to make 2018 any different? Well, what has to make this year different, I believe, is caring. Is caring. The reason we don't change is because we don't care. We're apathetic. We're indifferent. We grow complacent with the way we are and the way things are around us. We get very comfortable, as I said earlier, we get very comfortable and complacent in our own little world, in our own little comfort zone. And so, to change, we need, we need a couple of things. Number one, we need to develop what I call a holy discontent. A holy discontent with where we are. We can't be complacent. We need to develop a, a true hunger and thirst for something better. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Philippians, and we and we looked at this, these particular verses last week, if you were here last week. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And this is what Paul said, and I'm going to reiterate it again this week. He said here in verse 13, he says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I am still not all I should be. Paul, who had so many accomplishments and so many achievements and so many successes... He says, I still am not all that I should be. He wasn't satisfied with where he was. He says, God is not finished with me yet. Paul had this holy discontent. 
He says, I am still not all I should be, but I am focusing all my energies on this one thing. Remember what we talked about last week? Forgetting the past? How many of you remember last week's sermon? How many of you forgot it? You forgot it. That's good. That means you were listening. Because last week was all about forgetting. So you guys did good by forgetting. You guys get an A. Remember, we had to forget our resentments. We had to forget our failures. We even had to forget our successes and move on into the new year. So he said, focus all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We have to, we have to become discontented, uncomfortable, almost irritated with the things in our life that are substandard and not of God. And we have to press on to, to grow in our desire for a more godly life. So number one, we need this, what we call this holy discontent. And then number two, in order to make this year, 2018, different, we need to realize what a resolution is and what it is not. You see, a New Year's resolution is not just a hope, like, oh, I hope I lose 10 pounds this year. It's not, a, it's not even a want. Yes, I, I want to be a millionaire. It's not a wish, it's not a whim. You see, a resolution is a decision. It's a, it's a resolve. A New Year's resolution is a, is a deliberate choice to change your life. When we make a resolution, what we need to realize is that we're not just hoping for something better, that we are actually, we, that we are actually deciding to do better, and that we are acting on that decision. It's not just a list that I make and I hope I fulfill it, but it's a decision, and it's a strategy, and it's a plan, and it's taking action and implementation. Let me try to illustrate this. When I think about this, I, I think about our, des- our desire to do great things. Say we go to a concert where a world-renowned musician plays a wonderful piece on the piano for 30 minutes straight. It's beautiful. It's heavy. It's euphoric. And what do we all say after an experience like that? Boy, I wish I could play the piano just like that. But then do we really mean it? Of course we don't. We don't really mean that. I don't mean that I want to put in the six months of work it takes, not to mention the lifetime of preparation, to just play that 30-minute piece. That is not what a resolution is, a whim to want something wonderful. No, a resolution is a decision to pursue and achieve something wonderful. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to think and maybe even write down some possible resolutions that you may have for your life as we look into this new year. And so with that in mind this morning, I'm going to ask you, what kind of values should we have in mind when we make our resolutions? What kind of wonderful things should we be wanting to pursue and achieve? Because we always have to ask 
when we write down a resolution, it's not so much what we write down, but why. Why do I want to make this resolution? Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to do that? We always have to ask the question, why? So let's take a look at the scriptures. And since we're starting the beginning of the new year, let's start at the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 1. And if you have your Bibles with you, I pray that you would turn to your scriptures. Psalm is in the Old Testament. It's about in the middle of the Bible. And it's important that everything we live and teach and breathe and how we behave is based on Scripture. It's based on the Word of God. The first doctrine in the Salvation Army, we have 11 cardinal doctrines, beliefs of our church, the Salvation Army. The first one says, we believe that the Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments were given by inspiration of God and that they only constitute the divine rule of Christian faith and practice. So everything we believe, how we behave, our values that we hold, our mission, our vision is all based on the Scripture, on God's Word. So let's look at Psalm chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at just the first three verses. And this is what it says. It says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. You see up there, I I think I underlined, maybe I didn't. The fact that as a follower of Jesus, this is a great word picture, as a follower of Jesus, that we should be like a tree a healthy, growing tree that's firmly planted and rooted by the streams of water. So let's remember that word picture as we think about ourselves, as we think of a tree, a healthy, growing tree that's firmly planted. And so, again, I ask you, what are the kinds of values that should be guiding our resolutions? What are... what what? What drives our revolutions, our resolutions? Why do we make resolutions? And so I think we have three things that, that come from these verses that will help us to ask the question, why? Why do I make a resolution? You see, many of our resolutions we make are, are very self-focused and self-centered. And we have to ask, why did I make that particular resolution? So I just have three things today from the scriptures. Um, and these are values that help us guide our resolutions. And the first one here is, and it all relates back to Psalm chapter 1, about this tree, or this type of tree. And so the first, the first value here is, it's, it's, am I going out? It says, fortify, fortify your roots. Fortify your roots. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, fortify your roots. Say it one more time, fortify your roots. Now, I don't mean the roots in your hair, all right? 
Some of us don't have roots. But verse 2 and 3, it says, But his delight, this man of God, this woman of God, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. You see, our resolutions, our resolutions to pursue and achieve wonderful things should be aimed at our root system, the core of what holds us up. And at the beginning of this new year, we need to think about that. We need to go back to the foundations. We need to go back to the basics. I always remember the story um, of Vince Lombardi. We're right in the middle of the the NFL football playoffs. And uh, congratulations to uh, Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans who won yesterday. That was amazing. It's amazing. He actually threw a touchdown pass to himself. That was pretty amazing. If you play fantasy football, you get 12 points because he threw a touchdown and he caught a touchdown pass too on the same play. It's pretty amazing. But I remember Coach Vince Lombardi, Hall of Fame coach, coach of the Green Bay Packers, who won a number of Super Bowls. And at every spring training, as he was gathering the men together, his players, and these men had played football for years, growing up as little boys in grade school and middle school and high school, and then playing in college, and then playing at the professional level. They've been playing football for years. And at the beginning of spring training, Vince Lombardi would stand in front of his men, and he would hold up a football, and he would say, Gentlemen, this is a football. He went back to the basics, the very basics. And sometimes we need to be reminded. Last week I said to, I said to forget things. Well, this week I'm going to say, remember things. Remember the basics. And so, when we design and plan out our resolutions, we need to think about fortifying the basics, fortifying our roots. And one of them is reading the Bible, reading the Scriptures. You see, the Bible is the lifeblood of the Christian. It's the lifeblood of the believer. What would happen to a tree... If it had no root system, it wouldn't receive nourishment, would it? And it would be easily tipped over. And such a tree would probably end up dead. So what happens when a Christian, what happens when a follower of Jesus starves himself or herself of spiritual nourishment? What happens when a Christian doesn't spend time in the Word? There's no nourishment. There's no root system to keep you grounded and from being easily tipped over. Such a Christian would probably end up dead, wouldn't they? You see, we go back to the basics. We already know that. We know we need to read the Word of God. We know we need to study it and memorize it and meditate on it and apply it to our lives. You've probably heard that from so many people and so many times over so many years. But we need to go back to the basics because that is the lifeblood of our relationship with Jesus is his word that he gives to us. So we have to be in the word. We have to be people of the word. So perhaps for some of you, your resolution this year may be about reading through the Bible or reading through the New Testament in this year. You know, there's lots and lots of ways to 
Many of you have smartphones. And there's all kinds of applications, all kinds of simple ways. We have access to the Word of God. And it makes it so much easier for us. And so, but we have to be disciplined to do that, to read the Bible, to study it, to memorize it, to meditate it, to apply it to our lives. What other types of things that are the basics that we can do to help fortify our roots? I think another one is prayer. Again, nothing new, nothing earth-shattering, but we need to get back to the basics. We need to fortify our roots. It's important that we seek to pursue and achieve more in our prayer life. You see, prayer is our lifeline to God. Remember, Christianity, being a follower of Jesus, it's all about a relationship. A relationship, a personal relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And like any other relationship, communication is so important. It's vital to keep that relationship going, to nurture that relationship, to develop that relationship, to make sure there's, there's intimacy within that relationship. And so communication is so important. And that's what prayer is. It's spending time with God, quality time. Not just speaking to Him. Many times that's what we think prayer is, just telling God everything or asking God for everything. But it's also listening to him. It's listening and and hearing the heart of God. It's nurturing and developing that personal relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And so perhaps that can be one of your resolutions this year. Maybe your prayer life is not all that it should be. And so maybe you want to start small. Maybe you can resolve to, to pray for five minutes every day. Or perhaps you can pray through, through the Bible or pray through the, pray through the Psalms for the next 150 days. But whatever you do, develop and nurture your prayer life. That is so important to keep our relationship with God alive and vital and healthy. Or perhaps maybe you're a prayer warrior and you want to get stronger in that area of your life. Resolve to be, to be more diligent about praying for those who ask for your prayers. Or perhaps you can resolve to keep a prayer journal so that you can see what you've asked for and how God has answered those prayers over time. And so this first value mean is, to, is to fortify your roots, to let your roots grow deep. And the only way we can do that is to spend time in his word and to spend time in prayer. So make the decision this year to pursue and to achieve great things in your heart, to nurture and develop your relationship with God through the reading of his word and through prayer. So make resolutions this year that will, number one, fortify your roots. Remember, you're a tree. And then our resolutions should also help us to, and here's the number two thing, is to help us to bear fruit. To bear fruit, okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, bear fruit. Bear fruit. Say it again. You all have an orange, right? That's why we gave you the orange. We should be bearing fruit. They're not meant to be thrown at me, all right? All right, don't throw any of these oranges at me. These are beautiful clementines. 
But verse 3 again says this. It describes this person. And hopefully it describes each and every one of us as well. He says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. You see, our resolutions can be focused inward, such as spending more time in the Word of God, spending more quality time with the Lord in prayer. They can be focused inward, but if they really are, then there should be an outward result. We should see the effect externally in our outward relationships. And I want to focus on that word result. Result. You know, tomorrow, you probably know that I love football. Tomorrow's the, uh, the college championship, right? And who's playing tomorrow? Georgia. And who? And Alabama. You didn't say Alabama that loud. You didn't even say that word, right? That's a cuss word to you. Yeah. Well, there was a former Alabama coach before Nick Saban was there. I think it was after Bear Bryant. His name was Coach Gene Stallings. And he once said this. He says, never confuse activity with accomplishments. Results are what count. Let me repeat that. He said, never confuse activity with accomplishments. Results are what counts. You see, we need to set resolutions. We need to have lifestyle changes that we can achieve where we can see, and where we can measure the results. You see, if you make a New Year's resolution, what you're saying is that there is something in your life that is important enough that needs to change. And if you feel that way, then it's probably something that God would want to be permanent and not temporary. So set resolutions not just to pursue things, to hope, to dream about them, but to achieve them. To achieve them. And the idea here is that we, like that tree in Psalm 1, that we want to bear fruit. We've got to see results. Not just a bunch of activity. And in the church, we're very guilty of that. In the church, we have lots and lots of activity. And we count all the statistics, and we say we had so many people come to this, and so many people do that. But what are the results? Are lives being changed Are people being saved? Are people being discipled? Are they growing? Or are we just really busy doing a lot of stuff and there's no tangible results? So we need to bear fruit. And Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5. He said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's a spiritual fruit. He says this this type of fruit is like love and joy and peace and patience Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. So make your resolutions in such a way that you will see change. That you will see change. I was reading an article the other day about setting goals or making resolutions. And it says that's the easy part, to just make a list. But you've got to carry it through. You've got to create a strategy. How are you going to fulfill that resolution or that goal. And then you've got to add a timeline to that. You've got to put that on your calendar. And you've got to put some some feet on that goal. And so you have a timeline, you have a deadline. 
And at the end of the day, you have results. You bear fruit. So we fortify our roots. We bear fruit. And the third thing this morning, as we kind of come to a close this morning, is that we need to be strong. We need to be strong. Turn to your neighbor and say, be strong. Turn to your other neighbor and say, be strong. We look back at verse number three again. It says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whose leaf does not wither. You know, you can tell when a tree is dying, can't you? Some of your Christmas trees look like that, right? The old Christmas trees, if you have a live tree. It's probably not live anymore, it's probably dead or dying. But the leaves begin to look discolored. They wither, they fall off. But strong, vivacious trees are full of bright, colorful leaves. So if we want to be like a strong tree, we should target our resolutions at our weaknesses. You see, targeting our weaknesses means looking at our our warts and assessing our, our vulnerabilities. It means being honest with ourselves and maybe even asking someone else to be honest with us and to hold us accountable. For example, if you're If you're disorganized, and that's your weakness in your life, attack that weakness and make a resolution to be better organized this year. If you waste your time, and that's a weakness in your life, make a resolution to limit the amount of time doing what wastes your time. If you miss a lot of church services, or you miss going to your ohana groups, make a resolution to attend a certain number of times per month. If you're struggling in your marriage or in other types of relationships, make a resolution to help strengthen those relationships, to help strengthen your marriage. Be honest with yourself. Look at your weaknesses. Look at your shortcomings. Look at where you're, you're falling short and target a resolution against that weakness to build that up, to strengthen that area. You see, targeting our shortcomings is not fun. It's painful. It's like pulling off a Band-Aid from a cut. But it's good for our growth. And it's necessary for our growth. We want to be a strong tree. We want to be strong and living and vivacious and not a dying tree tree. I'm going to ask Braden to come to the piano, and as we come to a close this morning, you know, we've been talking about resolutions, and some of us are very reluctant uh, to set some resolutions, but I would encourage you this morning to pray about it, to think about it. Don't get too comfortable Don't get too complacent. Remember, God is not finished with us yet. God still wants us to grow and to change and to become the man or woman that he has created us to be. Yes, we may have come a long ways. 
We may have a lot of successes and achievements. We may have grown leaps and bounds in the past. But there's still room for growth. There's still room for improvement. So as you think about that, and as you pray about that, think about resolutions. Think about ways that you can fortify your roots, that you can build a more solid foundation. Maybe you need to spend more time in the Word of God. Maybe you need to be more disciplined and more consistent in your time of devotion, in your prayer life. These are things that are going to fortify your roots and help you to stand up against the storms of life and whatever else may come our way so that we can be strong, not in our own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. And perhaps some of your resolutions need to have more fruit being produced in your life. Take an honest assessment. What fruit am I producing? Am I just treading water? Am I just going through the motions? Are there really results? Or I'm just very busy and very active, doing lots of good things, but not things that would make an eternal impact. And perhaps resolutions to be stronger, to attack those weaknesses, and we all have them, we're all human. And I leave you with this verse this morning. Philippians 4.13. You know, we can't do all of this by ourselves. We try to. If I just have enough willpower, if I'm just more disciplined, but we're all human. And Paul wrote in Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things. I can do all things. How? Through Christ. Through Christ who gives me strength. And so as you think and pray about your life and what's going to take place and your plans for 2018, you're not, at, you're not going through this alone. Jesus Christ is right there with you, alongside of you. And when you say, Lord, I can't do this. I can't. I'm not strong enough. Jesus says, you're right, but I am. And I'm right here next to you, and I'm going to help you along the way, and I'm with you. And I've sent my Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us each and every day, who encourages us, who prods us along. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And just for the next few moments, as, as our worship team sings, they sing a beautiful song, think about it, pray about it, reflect on it. If you need to come to the altar to pray, the altar is available and is open. But before you leave this place this morning, set some things in your mind. What am I going to do different this year? What resolutions, what goals, what changes will take place? And ask the Lord for his help. He's right there beside you. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today. Thank you are a God of mercy and a God of grace. We thank you, Lord, for blessing. We thank you for your provision. We thank you, Lord, for giving us another day, another year to live our lives. We pray, Father, that we may be good stewards 
of the time that you've given us here on earth. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be what you would want us to be. We pray, Father, that as we look forward to this year, that you would bring to our mind those things that we need to change in our lives, in those areas. And we pray, Father, that you would help us and equip us and encourage us along the way. Thank you, Lord. We continue, like Paul, to to press on toward the goal, to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Thank you again, Lord. We love you. We praise you. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Thank you.